Welcome to the final Wednesday program of the semester of everyone's favorite show from where we are. Stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Jeremy Cole coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Hannah Abual-Hodge. It's Wednesday, April 26th. And not only is it our final Wednesday show together, it's also National Pretzel Day. Jeremy, I've got a fun fact for you. Do you know what a saltless pretzel is called? A pretzel? No, it's called a baldy. Ah. Yeah, kind of weird. But on today's show, we take a look at speeches made by sexual assault survivors for Denim Day, Arnold Schwarzenegger visits USC's campus, and the final episode of New Genesis hosted by Nia Cross. And don't go far because there's all that and more on From From Where Where We Are. But first... Guy, welcome to the studio. How you so doing? Much. Welcome. Uh, I'm time doing for some fine. headlines. Yeah, time for some headlines. Um, all right, let's get to it. So today, the House passed the GOP debt limit plan, a symbolic win for Republican leadership. However, the measure is not expected to pass the Democratic-led Senate. Still, it is a significant victory for Republicans and for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which will bolster his position at the negotiating table at the White House. Gene Carroll stepped into the courtroom today testify against former President Donald Trump in relation to a defamation and battery case. After Carroll spoke out in November, Trump quickly denied the assault, calling Carroll a liar, claiming it never happened, and that Carroll was not his type. Montana House Republicans banned Democratic Representative Zoe Zephyr from the House chamber for the remainder of a legislative session. Zephyr, the 34th Democrat from Missoula, became the first openly transgender woman elected to Montana's legislature. Zephyr will be allowed to retain her seat and cast her votes remotely, but will not be able to participate in debates. Zephyr says GOP lawmakers will have blood on their hands for passing bills restricting transgender rights and blocking her from being recognized to speak. Nearly 160 acres of bushland burned today in the San Bernardino National Forest. The Knob Fire, as it is being called, is the first large wildfire of the season to burn in Southern California. Because of its location in the forest, between the north of Lytle Creek and south of Wrightwood, the fire is not a threat to surrounding communities. No injuries have been reported so far, and the cause of the fire is still under investigation. For those seniors like me who can't wait for graduation, USC is holding a special event for us called Glowduation at McCarthy Quad. Starting at 8.30 p.m., we'll be able to join a different workout class every hour, choosing from styles like Gloga, Hip Hop Fit, or Zumba. With a focus on mental health, they'll be providing a smoothie and snack bar, and you'll even be able to make your own wellness kit to take home. Well, that's all for today's headlines. Back to you guys. Thanks, Guy. Good job, man. No worries. Hey. Yeah, always great having you <laughs> in the leg. studio. Thank yeah, you. It was fun. Speakers and survivors of sexual assault gathered at City Hall this morning to honor the 24th annual Denim Day. Isabel Mendez Johnson has the story on the historic day. Denim Day is a day encouraging people to wear denim to spread awareness of harmful stigmas surrounding sexual violence and help show support of survivors. The annual event took place this morning on the South Lawn Steps at City Hall where the founder, Patty Giggins, spoke. Denim Day is now in its 24th year and has become an international vehicle for promoting sexual violence prevention prevention education, supporting survivors across the world. The conference was followed by additional speakers and healing and art activities. 
Denim Day was first established in 1999 by Peace Over Violence, an organization dedicated to combating sexual, domestic, and interpersonal violence following an Italian Supreme Court decision that overturned a rape conviction. The justices ruled that the 18-year-old who was raped by her driving instructor must have implied consent because her jeans were too tight to be taken off if she was struggling. The verdict was met with protest from female Italian parliament employees and others around the world who recognized the court's decision as victim-blaming. When the movement reached Los Angeles, Giggins, the chief executive officer of Peace Over Violence, founded Denim Day which takes place on the last Wednesday of every April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month each year. Last year, USC Student Assembly for Gender Empowerment organized a student walkout in honor of the day. This Denim Day, SAGE is teaming up with USC's student support community to hold an event on campus at 6 p.m. Participants will be able to create a piece of art out of denim squares that are painted with sentiments from students and survivors, according to Sage's Instagram. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, one in five women in the U.S. experience rape or attempted rape in their lives. Denim Day is a reminder of such discrepancies and works to bring an awareness and end to sexual violence. City Councilwoman Katie Yaroslavsky is one of the organizers of Denim Day in Los Angeles and gave perspective on the touchy issue. Since I've started speaking, another American has been sexually assaulted. Sexual violence is so insidious that one in four American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. Monica Rodriguez is another organizer at the event. She tailored the issue towards a community that is often overlooked when it comes to sexual violence, unhoused women. Here in Los Angeles, we see the very populations that we're working to address that are living unhoused on the streets. Because women that have experienced these traumas often are unprepared to be able to sustain their lifestyle outside of those environments and likely end up homeless. The group of organizers wanted to make sure that even though the subject of sexual assault could be considered distressing to some, that the event is a celebration of strong women who have overcome any past sexual traumas. For Annenberg Media, I'm Issa Johnson. Arnold Schwarzenegger spoke to USC students this morning as part of his Terminating Hate Conference in Wallace Annenberg Hall. Chris Babona has a story on how the USC Schwarzenegger Institute uses communications to combat hate in the community. Former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger visited USC Wednesday for a conversation on the rise of hatred around the world. As part of the former actor's campaign to, quote, terminate hate, Schwarzenegger and other distinguished figures in the USC community joined in the conversation on how to address extremism in our society. CNN's Dana Bash, USC Annenberg Dean Willow Bay, Dr. Errol Southers, and Dr. Robert Williams were all featured during the two-hour lecture held in Annenberg Auditorium. The panel discussed the rise of hate crimes and anti-Semitism and the increasingly polarizing political climate in America and potential solutions to all these issues. In his lecture, Schwarzenegger emphasized the importance of communication and healing conflict and praised USC Annenberg for its achievements in the discipline. Because I think the issue that we're dealing with here, and it has to do with prejudice and hate, 
a lot of it has to do with communication. And this is why this is the appropriate center to have this event here today. And that's why I know that Willow, you will be very important in the future because I told you already, communication is I think the number one issue here. And so this is the perfect center and you're the perfect team for that. So you're gonna help us in the future to solve some of those problems. Combating racial and political prejudices have been an integral part of Schwarzenegger's platform, dating back to his time as governor of California to now, where he advocates to millions of fans and followers through social media and global summits. Last summer, Schwarzenegger received the Auschwitz Jewish Center Foundation Award for fighting hatred for his advocacy against anti-Semitism. A recorded version of Schwarzenegger's conversation at USC can be found on YouTube titled Terminating Hate, Breaking the Cycle of Extremism, posted by USC Price. For Annenberg Media, I'm Chris Babona. You all know that one song, the iconic reggae hit. It goes, Deo. Yeah, that one. Well, sadly, the artist behind the track passed away yesterday. Gabriela Medina has more on his music and legacy. Yesterday, an iconic reggae artist and civil rights activist, Harry Belafonte, died at 96. A longtime spokesman of Belafonte, Ken Sunshine, confirmed he died of congestive heart failure in his New York City home on Tuesday. Belafonte was a true cultural icon whose impact on both music and civil rights can still be felt today. Born in Harlem in 1927, Belafonte grew up in poverty and struggled to find his place in the world. He moved back and forth between New York and Jamaica throughout his childhood before dropping out of high school and joining the U.S. Navy during World War II. It wasn't until he discovered the world of theater that Belafonte found his calling. He quickly became a rising star, performing in plays both on and off Broadway. His performance in John Murray Anderson's Almanac earned him a Tony, making him one of the first black performers to get the award. And unsurprisingly, he's a part of the EGOT Club. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch. Beyond the stage, it was Belafonte's music that truly set him apart. Belafonte's signature blend of calypso, folk, and pop music made him a hit with audiences around the world. His breakout hit, The Banana Boat Song, became an international sensation and is still recognized as one of the most iconic songs of the 20th century. But Belafonte's influence extended far beyond the music industry. A good friend of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he was also a prominent figure in the civil rights movement, using his platform to speak out against racism and injustice. He helped organize the 1963 March on Washington and even bailed MLK out of prison from time to time. Belafonte's activism didn't end with the civil rights movement either. He continued to use his voice and influence to advocate for social justice throughout his life, from speaking out against apartheid in South Africa to supporting the fight against climate change. Belafonte's impact on both music and civil rights is immeasurable, and his legacy will continue to inspire future generations. As we say goodbye to this cultural icon, let's remember the words he once spoke. We have to educate ourselves in the struggles of history. We have to realize that nothing worth having comes easy. For Annenberg Media, I'm Gabriella Medina.
Today airs the final episode of New Genesis with our host, Nia Cross. New Genesis is where we profile Black women reporters and executives in the media and entertainment industry. Each guest discusses their personal journeys, how they got here, what struggles they faced, and the impact they've had in their fields. The series host, Nia Cross, sits down to reflect on her experience in Los Angeles this semester and the future of New Genesis. Welcome to New Genesis. I'm your host, Nia Cross. New Genesis is an audio series about the Black woman reporter and executive experience. But today, we're switching things up a little bit. I'm the one that's going to be on the opposite side of the mic, sharing a little bit of my journey in LA for these past four months and questions some of my previous guests have asked me. So let's hop straight into what I call New Genesis. What do you think your superpower is? Mm, my superpower. Um, I really think my superpower is the ability to connect with people of all different walks of life. Um, I like to say that I'm affable, mm -hmm. and um, that has been used to my advantage. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, a lot of people would say that I am like a great network they're like how do you know this person that person okay. but i just enjoy talking to people and yeah. connecting with people mm -hmm. and um just hearing people's stories mm -hmm. because i feel like everybody has a story right. and that's worth telling yeah. um and it you know helps feed my soul as much as i don't know it may do the same mm -hmm. for them write your dream job description with that if you could do the same thing that you did with your major as with your career and create something what yeah would... oh that's such a good question um i feel like for my career a dream job would definitely have to be me being an entrepreneur being the boss because <laughs> clearly i like to create my own things and like to have uh, a little bit of say in what I do and flexibility, but it would definitely have to be in a mix of speaking engagements and entertainment and then also service. What were your biggest takeaways from the Duke and LA experience? The biggest takeaways that I've learned from my Duke and LA experience thus far has really been knowing who I am and standing on that. Uh, I remember when um, I saw this quote that said, I will keep my soul. And that really resonated with me, with my experience in LA, because I feel like there there's so many lost souls and everybody is just trying to figure their way out. Um, everybody has a very selfish mentality, just trying to be out here to pursue their goals and dreams, not caring how the next person is and how their day is going. And I've seen so many people go, go, go and break down. So I feel like just being my authentic self and staying to my morals and values has helped me during this journey. Lastly, Nia, how do you plan to build from what you've learned at USC Annenberg and continue new genesis in the future? Oh, I plan to take it all with me. <laughs> 
it's crazy. I obviously can't take all the people that I've, um, you know, been able to work with and learn from through this time. But I feel like now I have the foundation and the blueprint. That's what Annenberg has really given me. Um, the skills to be able to try something and not be afraid to fail. I started with just an idea in my head and now it's come to so much more. And it's honestly mind blowing to me because I didn't think it would go this far so soon. But I plan to surround myself with good people when I get back to do who are gonna push me like I've been pushed here, like the coaches and my professor and my peers have pushed me here. And I don't know if I will still be in the niche of black women reporters and executives. I may go into different angles, but I know that the foundation is there and that storytelling is most definitely alive. And that's a wrap for our final episode of New Genesis at USC Annenberg. Thank you for tuning in and for all of your support. I appreciate you all. For Annenberg Media, I'm Nia Cross. last two-way live jeremy and i are interviewing a very special guest one we've been begging to come into the studio with us since literally the very first show this individual has become synonymous with arn especially because we've only known annenberg radio with him around joining us today in the studio is our director and executive producer spencer klein who will be graduating this year with his master's in public diplomacy Woo. welcome spencer hi <laughs> thanks for joining us Always good to see you on this side of the glass. Exactly. So Spencer, you've spent many shows here with ARN. Do you have a favorite episode that you've directed or contributed to? Wow, that's a lot. Um, there's no specific uh, episode. I do have a favorite story. Um, my favorite story, definitely of all time, is the Carlin Diva story. Because that is a story that, number one, we were able to break. We were the first outlet in the world to break that story. That's awesome. One, and two, um, it was just an, a really, you know, heartwarming story to hear about. You know, it really put a smile on my face. Uh, the people involved are fantastic. It was overall just a good experience to have. Spencer, what will you miss the most about your time with ARN and USC? I think it's probably the personalities. Um, working with people in their 20s, they tend to have very, you know, unique personalities. Nothing's really the same. Um, meeting and introducing myself to all these interesting people who have their own drive, their own ambition, is something I'm really gonna miss. Yeah, and I feel like over the course of the semester, I've gotten to learn a lot more about you. I was definitely surprised, I will admit, to find out that your program is in public diplomacy because I thought you were a journalism student this whole time. So can I ask, what got you interested in radio broadcasting? So a funny story about that is, I actually did podcasting since I was 18. Um, when I was in high school, there is this test you had to take. I think it's the entire, entire state of California where if you pass this test, you don't have to take a computer course. And uh, I failed the test by one question. No. Um, so I was like, darn it. I, I wasn't going to have a free period, right? So I was mad. 
And then my counselor was like, all right, we'll put you in digital filmmaking. I'm like, I don't want to take digital filmmaking. This sounds dumb. This one. So when I go home after fifth period, you know. So after that happened, I started to learn how to use iMovie and Audacity and all that type of stuff. Like, oh, it's kind of cool. And even in high school, I had a very vested interest in politics. So after high school, I started my own podcast with a cheap $2 microphone I got from Alibaba. Um, and from there, it just evolved. And I started doing college radio during my junior year, transferred, came out here. And now it's been about six years of podcasting and radio. Spencer, what's been the most rewarding part of the whole experience after six years? I'm definitely sitting here talking to you two. You're not, you're not just saying that you're for saying us, that right? No, no. Honestly, this feels like a whole like full circle moment, like right here being interviewed. Aww. Well, I'm glad we can provide we, that opportunity for you because we're thankful you. to, yes, uh, so to work you with you and everything. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. And then just reflecting on your time, what advice do you have for, I guess, this next generation of Spencer Kleins who are hoping <laughs> to make their mark here at Annenberg Radio? I would definitely say, um, I knew you were going to ask a question like this. So I just wanted to make sure that I, I sounded poised. Um, to anyone who's looking to be a producer, an executive producer, just a content creator in the future, um, you're going to be tempted to be put in boxes. And there's going to be people that tell you to think outside of the box. I say disregard both of those rules and just make a new box entirely. Because if you make a new box entirely, you are set to your own rules, your own standards, and that box may be what other people look towards. Well, Spencer, thank you for joining us in the studio. Thank you for all of your hard work at ARN, and I'm speaking for myself and the hundreds of other students that have worked with you, and just thank you for being you. Yeah, you'll be missed for sure. Definitely. I can't wait to see what you do. Some big shoes to fill at ARN. And that's all we have for on today's From Where We Are. This show was produced by Isa Johnson, Guilherme Guerrero, and Spencer Klein, who was just in the studio. Derek Renfro composed our theme music. Spencer Klein directed. Chris Babona ran our board. And an extra thanks to Guilherme Guerrero, who joined us for headlines. Tony Fado is our live stream manager. Thank you to our amazing mentors, technical director Sebastian Grubaugh, our digital producer Graham Clark, and our broadcasting coach Tina Rubio. And before we leave for the semester, we'd especially like to say, we'd especially like to say something special to Professor Willa Seidenberg, our mentor, inspiration, and friend. Willa, we will miss you. We know you have to leave, but we wish you had many more years with us here. You started the radio program 23 years ago, and under your guidance and tutelage, it has grown into something indispensable, meaningful, and enduring. You've been an inspiration to countless of us. We've learned from you, laughed and cried with you, confided in you, and grown because of you. Not only have you made us better radio journalists, you help make us better people. So thank you. We wish you every good thing life can bring and the best of luck in your next chapter of the amazing Willa Seidenberg, which sounds like a podcast with big possibility. Yeah, for sure. Don't forget about us because we know we'll never forget you. And this is our last show of the semester and we're sad it's coming to an end. And I'll certainly miss anchoring with you, Hannah. 
I'll miss you too, Jeremy. Not that much, though. No, no, no definitely. <laughs> but not. a team of new ARN, a new ARN group will be back next fall. For those of you who are graduating, congratulations. And to those of you who aren't, we'll see you back here. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again next semester for From From Where Where We We Are. Are.